Willis Welcome to the Fade Route. With DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Fade Route with DNZ. I am Z and we got a great show for you. We're talking about the sweep that wasn't between the Warriors and the Mavericks. We're talking about one trick Nick going and joining his former offensive coordinator in Indy. And we're ordering up our favorite NBA jerseys of all time. But we would be remiss if we did not start with a tragedy in Texas from Tuesday. 19 children and two teachers were killed in a shooting at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. The 18-year-old gunman was on the school premises for up to an hour before law enforcement officers forcibly entered the classroom and killed him. Once again, that has called into mind gun safety in this country and school safety and the rights of gun owners and mental health issues and so many myriad of issues in this pot and you know it's it's going to be very difficult we haven't gotten to the bottom of it yet we haven't gotten to a point where we can figure out how to eliminate such tragedy. President Biden said he will travel to Texas to visit with the mayor, the uh, victims' families in the coming days. And, you know, he's calling for action in the passing of common sense gun reform. And, you know, it's time. It is time. And the one voice of reason in all of this, the loudest voice of reason in all of this is none other than Golden State Warriors head coach Steve Kerr, who vociferously and adamantly decried that it is time for our legislative branch to buck the system in terms of the gun lobbies and the funds that they're getting and do the right thing for future generations. Now, you know, you guys hear me weekly as a podcast host, but in my day job, I am an eighth grade teacher. And like this hits close to home. My girlfriend is a, is a teacher. Like we this is our craft. This is our passion. And for us to possibly be looking over our shoulders and considering ourselves soft targets. And this morning, I was at a school event and I was thinking about the path of egress in case something happened, how I can get students out of there safely. Like, this is not normal. This is not normal at all. And we need to come together and we need to end this because arming teachers is not the answer. Giving another person a gun in this space is not the answer whatsoever. 
because all you're doing is creating more potentially more chaos the idea that a bad guy with a gun can only be stopped by a good guy with a gun is not a smart decision because you're giving somebody who is untrained he's not here enforcement officer and you're allowing them to carry a weapon that just opens things up to a whole laundry list of problems and for whatever good it may do it's going to do a heck of a lot more wrong so we need to fix it we need to fix it now and our deepest condolences and sympathy to the families of these 19 children who were only 10 years old they didn't they they hadn't even entered they they haven't even entered the prime of their life and it is already over and that is a shame that is an absolute shame and here he is I've known this this guy since our days on carousel shoes flight crew through and through the last QB in St. John's history. What's up, Dave? How's it going, man? Yeah, just sad, sad day in uh, America and really throughout the world. Um, you know, if you, the definition of insanity is uh, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome, it seems that's what we're doing here. Um, so unless our, our lawmakers and people step up and make some changes, you know, it's hard to say that it is going to happen again. I don't know what the answer is. kind of agree with you. I don't think arming teachers is the right answer. Um, I, I don't necessarily think outlawing guns is going to do it. I don't know if increasing background checks is going to do it. I don't know. But I know something needs to be done. And, um, you know, a lot of people are up in arms today. A lot of people are, you know, staying on their ground and defending the right to bear arms so to speak but you know at the end of the day we live in a democracy and uh you have the chance to vote you have the chance to put people in place that are going to make decisions that are the best in your best interest so that's how you combat it you don't argue with each other you don't fight with each other you simply just vote and you vote and you vote and you vote exactly Uh, so uh, so that's that's how we'll handle this situation Absolutely. And, you know, there are plenty of people, there are plenty of politicians that we know are in the pocket of gun lobbyists. And we know that, you know, their agenda has already been bought and paid for. So, like you said, like, this is, this is why you vote. To keep these things from happening. To keep this type of power from being consolidated to where you have such such injustice being done by hands of a few people you're beholden to about 8 to 10 people but those 8 to 10 people are literally stopping any progress and literally stopping the safety Stopping, so in in certain cases, stopping the life of some of these children indirectly. They're not pulling the trigger, but through their endorsement of these 
you know, these measures through not enacting common sense gun reform. They may not be pulling the triggers, but they are enabling the people who are. And that is something that, you know, that needs to be dealt with. And, you know, it's a tragedy. And we thought Sandy Hook was going to be, you know, that was going to be the turning point in this country. But there's been more bloodshed and there will continue to be bloodshed, like you said, because we cannot get our head out of our asses. And we cannot, you know, we can't think about the fact that gun manufacturers and gun owners, they're, you know, they, they seem to matter more than children. And that just does not sit right with me. But this is a, this is a sports show. We are here to smile. We're here to talk sports and, you know, let's, you know, while we acknowledge, we definitely acknowledge the tragedy, we will stay in and we'll start today's show talking about Josh Donaldson. The Yankee third baseman was suspended for one game for inciting a bench-clearing incident between the White Sox and the Yankees over the weekend. Donaldson called mercurial shortstop Tim Anderson Jackie, referring to Jackie Robinson on two occasions. Uh, in reference to an article where Tim Anderson said he needs to be the next Jackie Robinson and change the game. Anderson and Donaldson got in a heated exchange, and then Yasmani Grandal got into another heated exchange with Donaldson. Donaldson was suspended for one game, quote, for inappropriate language. Do you have a problem, D, with Donaldson's comments, and do you have an issue with the subsequent suspension? I have more of an issue with Yasmani Grandal's batting average, to tell you that much. He's on my fantasy team. I wish he would be as aggressive with Josh Donaldson as he is at the plate. Jesus. Uh, you know, at first I thought it was racist. You know, I was like, gee, where are you coming out of nowhere just saying that to a man? Like, what's the matter with you? Like, But then I found out that Anderson referred to himself as the next Jackie Robinson because of his love of the game and how much he likes to have fun playing the game. All right. I mean, do I, re- do I think what Josh Donaldson said was off color? Yeah, I do. I mean, he probably shouldn't have been an agitator, but that's what he's being, right? I don't think he's being a racist in this scenario. He's being an asshole. That's what he's doing. He's being a jerk. He's trying to get a rise out of a guy. He's trying to get a guy off his game. Um, so I have, a, I, I have a problem. I don't have a problem with that. Um, I think he was, you know, definitely being an irritant. And he was trying to, you know, make Tim feel uncomfortable, but not in a racial way. I don't think he should have been suspended. I think it was very un-Jackie Robinson-like for Tim Anderson to take the actions he took against him. Um, I also think Josh Donaldson was an asshole because he had an opportunity to say, you know what? I'm sorry. I didn't realize that this played to you the way it did. And I apologize for saying that. But no, no, he couldn't. He couldn't come out and do that. So he got suspended which he's appealing, and he got fined. So, that's where I am with this moron. What about you, Z? He's a moron. I think we can agree he's a moron. I think there was definite racial undertones to this. 
Oh, really? Okay. I, I think there was definitely racial undertones to it, to it for sure. I mean, you're digging out an article from three years ago, just now, out of the blue. Like, yeah, you, know, you don't seem like someone that's well-read. No, Josh Donaldson <laughs> does not seem like the type. So he had that one saved up. Like, you know, he saved his special in, uh, in video game parlance. So, you know, I really think he was trying, like you said, he was trying to get under Tim Anderson's skin and get a rise out of him. Anderson took the bait. The White Sox took the bait. But I, I mean, I, I definitely have an issue with that, you know? Like, what's next? We're going to start, uh, they start calling people boy again? Yeah, like that's, you know, I think that is definitely uncalled for. And I, I think that, you know, the, the league needed to send a message that there's an appropriate way to communicate with other players. And there's a right and a wrong way to speak to somebody. And that was definitely a wrong way of doing it. Now, one game, I mean, one game is fine. Ultimately, like, Josh Donaldson's on the COVID IL anyway, so he's going to have to serve it when he gets back if he loses his appeal. But, you know, he's getting dragged through the court of public opinion, and frankly, that can hurt worse than any suspension can. So, you know, kudos to Major League Baseball. They took the stance. They're sticking with the stance. And, you know, if you're going to be inclusive and if you're going to try and grow the game, particularly in, in... neighborhoods of people of color you cannot afford to have this and you have to stand on the side of right yeah i mean i think you're allowed to be an agitator though you're allowed to talk shit i you know i (laughs) i remember if i remember if my memory serves me correct i believe kevin garnett told tim duncan happy's mother's day the year tim duncan's mother died that was cold that is cold that's cool. That's uh, that's over the line for me. Um, you know, it's it's hard to know. You know, we're all speculating. We don't really know. I mean, I don't know Josh Donaldson. I don't know Tim Anderson. But I, I think you know, it, it it was a perfect storm, right? I mean, it, like if Tim Anderson said, you know, I feel like I'm the next George Clooney, and Donaldson was like, "What's up, George?" Clooney, Clooney, do you think we, do you think, do you think it would have resulted the same way? Probably not, right? No. Probably, probably wouldn't have went down the same way. You know, and the other thing is, is he doesn't know him. Like, they don't know each other. They, they're not, they never played on the same team. I don't think, I don't think Donaldson's in a position where he could joke around with him like that. Where, you know, there are players that are clowns or, you know, we, we know, we know Anthony Rizzo calls Freddie Freeman, Frederick. And they have a little, they have fun when they play against each other. You know, that that's okay. But you have no history with this man, and you're going to come out of nowhere and just start calling him Jackie. And, like, like we don't know. Tim Anderson might have not had that Sports Illustrated article on his mind. He might have forgot he even said that. Well, then that really turns the page, right? Yeah. Then it's like, I don't even remember saying something like that. And now it's like, who are you talking to, you know? Yeah, and but so, it, to me, that it, it does, like, you brought up Anthony Rizzo. Like, it all has to do with reputation. Josh Donaldson has a reputation for being an asshole and an irritant. You know, Anthony Rizzo's the mayor. Like, Anthony Rizzo is beloved everywhere. So, you know, you 
even Tim Tim Anderson also doesn't have the best reputation either. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. But Josh Donaldson is clearly in the wrong here, and you know, it. it now, whether or not it was, uh, you know, something that Tim Anderson connected, I don't know. We can't get in that, but like for him, for Josh Donaldson to have that saved up for just this moment, that's very peculiar to me. <laughs> Yeah. I just find that very peculiar. It's like he's, you know, trolling. He's just trying to find a way to, to troll for material. And it's very, it's like, it's very like Sean Avery-ish. To your point, he's a, he's an irritant. But, yeah. you know, Grandal did not take kindly to it. And kudos to Yasmani Grandal. You know? Like, stick up for your teammate. Yeah, Go I, need, do it. I need, I need Yasmani Grandal to start in the baseball We love youth sports. Not only do they get the kids out and active, but they teach the necessary skills of teamwork, sportsmanship, and fair play. One organization that we are proud to partner with is Osning AYSO Soccer. Their mission is to develop and deliver quality, player-centered youth soccer programs that promote a fun, fair, family environment where everyone is welcome and everyone plays. If you have a child between the ages of 4 and 18, registration for the Fall 2022, Spring 2023 season opens April 27th with an early bird special. Sign up before June 15th for only $175 per child. For more information, to sign up or to volunteer as a coach or referee, go to AYSO201.org today. The more volunteers, the more children can enjoy the youth soccer experience with Austining AYSO. That's AYSO201.org. More soccer for more kids. AYSO201.org. Visa and MasterCard payments only. But jumping, <laughs> jumping over to the NHL, the defending Tampa Bay Lightning showed why they are the two-time, two-time defending champs by disposing of the other Florida franchise in four games. Now they will rest and wait for the winner of the Rangers Hurricane Series. Should the rest of the league be worried about facing the Tampa Bay Lightning? Absolutely. Because they found a way to turn it on. This is this is dangerous. Now we know how good Tampa Bay is, right? Stamkos, Kucherov, they don't even have they don't have Braden Point right now, who's one of their best players. But they're still making it happen. Andre Vasilevsky is one of the best goaltenders in the league, and for them to just be able to flip a switch and be as dominant as they were over the President's Trophy winners, like this is this is a big deal. The Florida Panthers had the best record in the NHL. They had the highest point total. And yeah. for them to be dismantled by the Tampa Bay Lightning, it does not bode well for either the Rangers or the Carolina Hurricanes. You know, when you have as deep a team as we've talked about, right? We talked about Giroux and Duclair and Barkov and Huberdeau and... Uh, Lind- Lundell, Sam Reinhardt, you know, Verhaeg, Officer Bob and Goal. And for them to get thoroughly dismantled 
by the Tampa Bay Lightning, you have to be afraid that this team is hitting their stride and they flip the switch. But as quickly as they flip the switch, they could easily flip it back, you know, because they were coasting. They were on their, you know, they were kind of living on their reputation for a little bit in that first round. And that's a very dangerous way to be. And, you know, we hear about that in reference to the Golden State Warriors all the time, that sometimes they, you know, they buy into, you know, who people think they are, and then all of a sudden their game falls apart. So Tampa Bay cannot afford that to happen, especially against two really good teams, either the Rangers or the Hurricanes, who play stout defense, they're physical, and can score with the best of them. Yeah, I mean, the short, the short answer is you bet your asses everybody better be worried about the Lightning. They've been tested in the first round. They're on the verge of elimination from the Maple Leafs. And I know you're saying they didn't really show up in that series, but it wasn't that. They were playing a really good team. They are playing a team that can, can go bet head-to-head with them, that they can score. And in the last round, they took out the highest-scoring team in the NHL, the, the Panthers, in four games. Slapped them. Get out of here. Get out of our way. And now they're going to get to rest. Uh, there's a re, you know, they're, they're the two-time defending champions. They can score. They can defend. Their goalie is probably the best or second-best goalie left. I heard a stat about Vasilevsky where, in elimination games, he in the last the the last few elimination games he's been in, he has stopped 90 of 91 shots. That's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible in elimination games. Um, I think we finally, for in, in my eyes, we finally seen a team that can go toe-to-toe with the Avalanche. I mean, we, I've been saying it all this time that the Avalanche, to me, are the most talented team left in the NHL playoffs. I didn't see a team that could take them out or can beat them. I think the Tampa Bay Lightning can. Um you know, I, I've been joking around, but I think the Rangers are going to beat the Hurricanes. I'm not really worried about the Hurricanes. And the question becomes, can the Rangers beat the Lightning? And with the Lightning resting and the Rangers' inability to score, like, you know, their guys aren't really showing up in the score department, it could be a problem. The only thing that could save the Rangers is they probably, Rangers probably have the best goalie left in all of the playoffs. Oh, they absolutely have the best goalie. Like, without a doubt, the Rangers have the best goalie. And, you know, they have the ability. The Rangers have that ability with the guys on the third and fourth line to really kind of muck up the game, which is nice. It's not going to be a track meet. If you're just relying on your top two lines, like the Rangers are going to try, like they would like to do, Tampa Bay is going to blow your doors off. The but problem is that the to. problem is they don't go away, right? Yeah. Like Kucherov is so good, he is so good, and then and then you get hit with the Stamkos, and then you get hit with the McDonalds. Like they just don't stop coming. Like they're never dead. They're never dead. They they're never dead. They're they're always they're always coming for you. Well, you said you know you said that the the Lightning have been tested. So have the Rangers. They survived the series sure. against the Penguins. Yeah, the, pe- the Penguins were just as lethal. So I, I think that is a that's a good, you know that that's a good sign that the Rangers have the grit, have the determination. They've already been battle tested. They've already been punched in the mouth and survived. Right. So that's you know, but so have the Lightning. 
So this is going to be, I mean, let's not put the cart before the horse. The, Ra- the Rangers still have to beat the Hurricanes. Oh, well, they got this. They I got like, this. I don't want to hear that. As I like to call them, the Rangers South. So it's Rangers yeah. versus Rangers yeah. South. Right, right, right. So their players. Hey, there's a lot of there's Rangers on the the Lightning too, right? Uh, McDonough, he's, he's yeah. the last one standing. Yeah, but, but they had they had Callahan at one time, right? Yep. Now that is a very that's a very good booth, by the way. The ESPN has. Let's just get a bunch of former Rangers and put them in there and talk about the Rangers. Nice Rangers job. draft well. Rangers draft well. Their players stay in the league. Their players are good. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. But uh, moving over to basketball, I watched this last night. The Mavs fought off the Warriors to avoid being swept, but ultimately teams that go up 3-0 are 146-0. Jason Kidd felt this was a growing moment for his team as he felt they were on the ascension and more would be expected of them next year and down the line. How much more can we expect from the Mavericks when their second best player in this series has been Jalen Brunson? You honestly can't really expect much. They need another player. They definitely can use another star. So I don't do know you where think, that you comes think, from. You think he needs? You think he needs one more player or two more players? Like, is is, is does does Doncic have to be a part of a big three, or can he be part of a two man show? Well, it depends on who you bring in. It depends on if you want to play Luca off the ball or if you want to play Luca on the ball. I mean, if you want to play Luca off the ball, there is a certain I'm going to use that word again. A certain mercurial point guard who might be available if you're so inclined to bring him in, or there might be a rather semi-rotund small forward that might be available if the Sixers don't re-sign him. So it, it's possible that, I mean, in, given the direction they want to go and how Luca feels about this, you know, it depends on what you want to do. Like, I, I wouldn't go big three. Like, I think Luca needs more touches. He needs to have more touches than the big three will allow for. But you have a solid, a big two, and then quality role players around them. I think they'll do a good job. And you know what? You're, you're still giving Spencer Dinwiddie time to grow. Because Dinwiddie, you know, we saw with the Nets. We saw a little bit last series. Spencer Dinwiddie can be very good. He can be good to great on any given night. Jalen Brunson... I don't know what Jalen Brunson is right now. He's doing great <laughs> so far. What, I don't know what Jalen Brunson is right now. I like but that. <laughs> he's parlaying himself into a big contract, but we've seen players play themselves into big contracts and then kind of fade away. Look at J.J. Barea. J.J. Barea played himself into a, a very lucrative contract and never played as well again. Same thing with Chandler Parsons. Chandler Parsons is now out of the NBA, but he got paid handsomely for 
what he did. If you're looking at like Finney Smith and Bullock, you are getting contributions from other other players on this team, but there's not. I mean, you look at the look at the Warriors and look at the Mavericks. The Mavericks just don't have enough to make this any more of a series than it is. And you know, we're gonna talk about it later. But Wiggins didn't have as good of a game as he normally does. Like the 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 shots just. Oh, they shot there. the lights out. They shot yeah. the lights out. I mean, they shot the lights out. I mean, here's the thing: is like, yeah. listen, Luca is going to learn what Paul Pierce learned. Kevin Durant learned, what Michael Jordan learned, what LeBron James learned. He can't do it alone. The question just becomes is, does he do it with the Mavs, or does he facilitate a trade somewhere else? I mean, they brought in Kristaps Porzingis to be his two. That didn't work. They brought in Tim Hardaway Jr. to be his two. That didn't work. Yeah, You're bringing in Knicks. Why are you bringing in Knicks? (laughs) Don't do that. Dirk had to wait 13 years to get his first ring, and then he and that was it. Remember, he was with Nash all those years and never won. Uh, I think Luca needs to think about life outside of Dallas. And that's just my opinion. I don't know if he feels that way, but to me, as good as good as Luca is, right? I mean, I think he needs to be part of a big three. I don't think he could do it with one other guy. You know, you think about Giannis. Giannis dominates the game, right? And Chris Middleton's his Robin, right? Mm-hmm. And then the year that the Lakers won in the bubble, it was LeBron and Anthony Davis. And that was good as Luke is. He's not LeBron. He's just not. He's not LeBron. Like he's not that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not. He's not a two-way player. Like LeBron was. LeBron in the years they won, he was a two-way player. Now, the only comparison I can go with is, can Luka be a Kawhi Leonard? Like, Kawhi went to Toronto. It was pretty much him and Kyle Lowry, right? I don't Van Fleet was good, but he's a role player. Siakam was good. He's a role player. That, is, is, can he, could Luka be that good? I don't know. Warriors, big three, right? Cleveland, when they won, big three. San Antonio, they had their three. Miami had their three. So... That's really the recipe for winning in the NBA. It's not it's not one guy, it's not two guys, not three guys. The last time I remember one guy doing it was Dirk. And Dirk did it. Dirk took on the Miami Heat that first year that LeBron went to South Beach and he did it with a bunch of guys. And and granted, one of them's a Hall of Famer. Jason Kidd, Hall of Famer. But Jason Kidd was at the end of the road there. Jason Terry was a three-point shooter, Tyson Chandler. Uh, Sean Marion, those are guys, you know, and I don't think as good as Luca is, he's not Dirk. No, Luca is not Dirk, but he also, I mean, he's not gonna be Dirk too because, I mean, for one, you're asking Luca to be a point guard, you know. Right. Dirk was Dirk was up front. Dirk was a seven footer who could shoot threes. Like yeah. Luca is built like a brick shit house. He's built like Zion, like he's six seven, six two, nine, yeah, six, yeah, yeah, something like that. It's like two hundred and thirty pounds, like yeah. But you know, like he's a squat guy by comparison. He's more built like a Larry Johnson. Like Larry Johnson can, could take the pounding. Now, if you, I don't know who you move him to. You know, I I don't see it. Like, do you? I mean. If you facilitate, well, then, let's if be you facilitate, real. They're, if they're you facilitate not, a trade, they, though, yeah, if, if yeah. you facilitate trade, 
you're going to strip the team that you're going to of all of its assets. Like that's like what that's what happened with Anthony Davis, and that's why the Pelicans were better this year and why the Lakers were out. So they because they had to start filling in with role player contracts and the, I mean granted you could have gotten younger players but instead they chose to go with the AARP crowd so you have to you have to make roster choices based on salary cap and what's available to you but Luka is going to cost you two to three top flight players and are you going if you're the Minnesota Timberwolves for example are you willing to pay that price can you pay that price and still stay on the upward trajectory that you're in that you're right right and the other team that has capital is oklahoma city thunder they got draft picks right yeah that's i mean that's what you want to do you want to supplement a team with draft picks rather than players like you know you you you're if you're a team that's close right if you're a team on the fringe you know you're this is this is the guy you want to get you know i just to me, I don't see it happening in Dallas. I think there's, they're he just he, they're not going to get it right. They're just not. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave. From the classic OB to Dutch Apple to Campfire S'mores and many more. Check out their website, sweetlifebrownieco.com, for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too, at sweetlifebrownie underscore co, for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043, and tell them D&Z sent you. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Co., because there's always room for a brownie. But as... And so as our... We think this series is coming to a close. We think the Warriors are going to finish them off especially after the drumming that just took place uh but as the warriors prepare for the winner of the boston miami series well let's focus on steph curry for a moment he's the best shooter in the game best point guard in the game and he's about to go for his fourth title if he can get by dallas here we all love to talk about Giannis, lebron duran and b but has Steph Curry been the best player in the league the last 10 years? Most consistent, yes. I would say most consistent. He revolutionized the game in terms of how deep you can shoot now. At this point, you guys can almost shoot from the other side of the court with regularity. And a lot of that is influenced by Steph Curry. And his remarkable shooting ability and remarkable consistency is what has driven the Warriors and what's made them special. Um, best, you know, he's he's a a good to he's a good to great defender depending on who he's defending, who he's guarding, 
but his definitely his scoring is definitely his it's definitely his forte. Now we've seen right like like we know about my definition of MVP when he fall when he's not on the on the court when he's not on the roster the team falls to pieces. And we saw what happened when Steph Curry got hurt. We saw what happened with the Warriors when Steph got hurt. He's definitely the straw that stirs the drink. Out there, like, you got Clay, you got Draymond Green, you have guys out there, but he's the rudder on that ship. And in the past 10 years, if we're just going to limit it to, to these past 10 years, like, it's pretty. If he's not, if he's not number one, he's easily number two. The only one that I could say is the only one, the only person on this list currently that I can say who's possibly could edge him out is LeBron. But now nah, that would be like that would be splitting some hairs. I mean, listen, he stays out of trouble. Mm-hmm. He takes the big shots. He doesn't shy away from a shot. He doesn't pass up an opportunity to win the game for his team. Kevin Durant wants to come join the team. No problem, Kevin. You could be the guy. I'll just keep shooting. Knocks him down. No Clay. No Draymond. No problem. We're still going to win games. We're not going to win the championship, but we still made the playoffs. First round pick bust in, in Wiseman, potentially. No problem. We're about to go back to the NBA Finals. We might be paying. We might have been paying attention to the ascension of the wrong player. I mean, you have to you have to agree that if he wins this fourth title, he surpasses Durant. I mean, Durant's on a Durant's a side note. If 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 this Golden State team goes and wins without Durant, man, it just makes Durant's championships look like nothing. It makes doesn't it gives them no meaning, and it forces Durant to have to to have to play better. And then you think about Kyrie, because, you know, I think Kyrie is the best ball hander in the league. But, I mean, if Steph is going to have more, what, three more championships than you, and you can't help your team, and you've got this whole different approach on life and being a team player, I mean, you're out. So, yeah, I mean, I think outside of LeBron, he might be the, he might be the second best player in the last 10 years. I would say so. I mean, just for the simple fact that LeBron, like, what what really puts LeBron above LeBron. for me? LeBron. What really puts him above for me was that he was, he embraced the mercenary role and delivered, right? So you had the Miami, you went back to Cleveland, and then you went to LA. Like, each time he delivered. But yeah. we know with LeBron, Right, we know what happens when you get in bed with LeBron. You're gonna lose all your draft capital. Right. You're gonna sign all. You're gonna sign his buddies, and eventually, three to five years, you're gonna be left holding the bag, and he's gonna be someplace else. Steph Curry, on the other hand, he stayed. Right. He's played his entire career in Golden State, and chances are he's going to finish his career in Golden State. So there's a model of consistency there. And he has attracted players to him. As opposed to the other way around, where LeBron just started chasing rings. Right. So, like, reputation-wise, I would easily put Steph Curry above LeBron. Definitely. But 
I, I would say I would say that's not even close. But yeah. in terms of play, it's got to be neck. It's pretty neck and neck. Yeah. So in the Eastern Conference Finals, we have yet to see a real game. Most of the games have been blowouts featuring missed stars and the losing team getting crushed by an average of 15 points. Will we get a true Eastern Conference champion or will the healthier, deeper team prevail? Well, this series is a series of attrition, you know? Like, go back to game one where you had, you know... Your Marcus Smart is missing, Al Horford is missing, and then now Tyler Hero is missing, and Jimmy Butler is hurt. This You're not going to win this series. You're going to survive this series. And this is what happens when you have two teams that play excellent defense go up against each other. Now, over the long haul, like, are you going to be able to, if you're Dalen Brown and Jason Tatum, are you going to be able to survive this attrition knowing that the Golden State Warriors are most likely waiting for you unless there's some kind of act of God? So it's definitely like you're going to have a winner, but there's a good, there's a good feeling that whoever survives this series is going to get picked apart, possibly swept in the finals. Yeah, so for me, this is just more of a test than the NBA season, and the playoffs are just too long. Like, Tyler Hero's hurt, Marcus Smart is hurt, Jimmy Butler's hurt, Kyle Lowry's hurt, and Robert Williams is hurt. And I'm tired of hearing the argument that, okay, these guys are playing the same season they did in the 80s and the 90s. Uh, they're playing the same amount of games. Yes, yes, Magic was hurt, Bird was hurt. But haven't we learned that we want to refine the product? We want to make it better. I mean, I don't want to see, like the game was over before it got started. It was 18 to one at one point. Like who wants to watch that? I'd love to see these two teams play each other, but you know, help, but honestly the healthier and the deeper team is going to prevail. And that's not a bad thing, but Boston will be a worthy champion if they're able to come out of this, which it looks like they are just because they're healthier. Um, but I disagree with the notion that, you know, we need to we need to go to five game series. We need to cut the games by we need to cut the season by 20 games and let's have at it. Like I want to see a better product. I think I read something where they said out of the last like I think 19 games like total in both conferences, the average margin of victory was like 19 points. Like, that's garbage. That's garbage. Like, we only had, I think, three or four games that were decided by less than nine points. Like, there's no, like, down to the finish, down to the wire. And the thing is, is the ratings are there. The game last night had, like, 6.1 million people, which was just under the This Is Us finale. So they're, <laughs> they're, they're, getting, they're, getting, they're getting viewers. But how much is that because of what it's on? And that's the problem with, I think, the owners and uh, Adam Silver is, is they're just throwing a product out there. And it's, you know, they're, 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 everything's kind of dictated by 
everything's kind of dictated by the TV schedule, right? Because they're pretty much subsidizing. They're paying for everything. But there's a way to get a better product out there and captivate a better audience. So you're not on board with Adam Silver's uh, mid-season tournament idea? No, it's trash. I don't care about that. And I don't think a player is going to care about that. Yeah. You know, it, it, he's trying to incentivize reasons to play the game of basketball, which is just out of, out of my mind. I can't really understand. But what we're getting right now, it's like the the, the Warriors game last night was a blowout until the, the, the backup players got the game within 14 points with under five minutes to go. And then... Steve Kerr decides to bring the starters back and they go right back to being down by like 20 again. It's just like, dude, you should have just let the, 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 B, plea, the B players finish the game. Yeah. But they haven't, you know, they haven't been enjoyable. I find myself watching much more hockey playoffs. Those playoffs are excellent. Uh, this is just predictable and it's just like, I'm not, I'm not feeling it. Well, it's the same argument that we, we've been having. You know, hockey is wide open. Hockey, like... There is a complete game, right? You're not really see. You saw a bunch of blowouts, but those are usually followed up by one nothing, two one, defensive struggles. Like guys are trying hard. Right here, that if you have an off shooting night, it is an ugly long game. You can't do uh, other things aren't being done. If you have a bad shooting night, like the, you know, like the the Warriors had it's just not going to happen for you but there are other things you can make it up but these teams are not designed for that they're not complete teams they're designed for mostly offense and then you'll have a couple guys who can play defense like you'll you'll have like your Marcus Smarts yeah. and that's just not a feasible way to you know build a compelling team and build and have a compelling game because I get it it helps you know it's all what you see on SportsCenter and that's what you're going to get you know that's what you're going to show on YouTube and get the kids hooked so that they'll come to the game but at the end of the day there's a reason why the all-star game is not compelling because it's 140 to 139 like you need some kind of you need some kind of struggle. It needs to be some kind of contest, not you know, not losing because you didn't shoot well. You know, this has to be a battle of wills. And I think to me, Nick's Heat and Nick's Pacers from the mid nineties define basketball for me. And I've been chasing that ever since. Cause it was defensive struggle, but you you had Reggie Miller, who was the, the villain, you know, you had Alonzo Mourning dragging Jeff Van Gundy, but ultimately you had two complete teams going at each other and that's what made it contentious and that's what made it fun. Like, this isn't fun for me. Like, this isn't interesting for me. And that's why I'll go back to hockey. Colorado is playing St. Louis tonight. I'll watch Colorado St. Louis. I don't have allegiance to either one of those teams, but I'll watch that because it's compelling and because it's interesting. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road 
and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto, we really care about what's under your hood. Toxicology reports confirm quarterback Dwayne Haskins was drunk on his death last month when he was hit by a dump truck on a Florida interstate highway. Surprisingly, this has not been talked about in depth by any network. Does the fact that Haskins was drunk change the narrative of the story at all? It definitely provides more context because we were wondering what the hell he was doing crossing a highway in the middle, you know, in the morning, like on foot. So it definitely provides an extra bit of context. He also had ketamine and norketamine in his system, which are anesthetics and used recreationally as special K. So it's very telling. But ultimately, like, I don't think it changed. It, you know, a 24-year-old is still dead. You know, obviously he was struggling with his personal demons like we knew. And, you know, it just provides more context and it makes the picture clearer as to, you know, why, why he was doing what he was doing at the time of his death. It doesn't remove the trap of it and it doesn't you know it doesn't stain him and it first it certainly doesn't absolve Adam uh, Adam Schefter but I think it just provides context and you know it, it just makes you it makes you wonder like what was going on what else was going on because he was partying with a relative and he lost track of where the relative was And next thing you know, he's got ketamine in his system, he's drunk, and he gets hit by a truck. So, like, more gaps need to be filled in, but this is, it's definitely, it's a start. Yeah, I mean, it kind of changes the narrative for me a little bit. Um, You know, I worry about the next batch of players coming through college, especially with name, image, and likeness on the table. I think some players are built to go to college, get drafted, number one overall, first round, do the right things, but there are other players that need guidance. They need structure. They need to play four years, have a backup plan, and more direction in life. Um, I worry about that. You know, he was kind of a guy that I feel like he got lost. He really just got lost. I mean, you're supposed to be down there working out and trying to get in shape for the season. And it's just such a tragedy. Such a young guy. It's such so much ahead of him. Such a bright future in life, family. And, you know, for it to be cut short in this way, it's a shame. And I worry about more players going down this path. Because there's going to be a lot of pressure on these guys. You know, especially if they're getting money from boosters to play for their alma maters, whether it be Northwestern or Ohio State or the U. And, you know, you're getting all this money to play and start and be really good. And, you know, you're going to you're going to need to release that that stress. You're going to need to release that pressure. And how do you do it? What bad habits do you form? And then when you get to the next level, how do you handle it? 
are you able to take it? I think it's a lot to ask of young athletes. No, it absolutely is. And honestly, some players, you know, with the name, image, and likeness, right? Some players may just kind of make their money in college now. So it may they're just... Going to. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're definitely going to. Yeah, so it'll be the case that, you know, you'll have the guys like, you know, the guys who aren't good enough to be in the NFL, but end up getting drafted, like a Craig Krenzel, if you remember Krenzel, or like a Jason White, or these guys who were great college players, but couldn't hack it in the pros, like those guys, they'll get the, they'll make all their money in college and they'll never have to step into the pros. Now you'll get, you will get your young players who are just, you know, they don't get it, you know? Like Mark Sanchez didn't get it, but he came out early. You're going to, you're always going to get that guy who doesn't get it. Now, frankly, like, is it going to end up being like this, where he's on the side of the road, like drunk and high on ketamine? No, not everybody's going to be like that, but you will definitely, I mean, you have stories like this. And the tragedy is still there. The name, image, and likeness rights are definitely going to make things a little bit more complicated and layered because you'll now have players who have a certain lifestyle from from college. And then, actually, some players already have that lifestyle from high school. Like, blue chips will now just continue into the pros. And... It's very interesting to see where this where this ends up with the name, image, and likeness rights because right now it's the wild, wild west. And as you, as we've heard with the Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher back and forth, like that is not going away anytime soon. But you know, regardless of the other sports related issues, you still feel bad that somebody you know, twenty four year old, lost his life because he left a legacy. You know, he left people behind that loved him. And, you know, ultimately, you know, poor choices, poor decision making led to, you know, led to circumstances surrounding his death. It, it's not going to bury the lead of the fact that, you know, Dwayne Haskins is still gone and he left the legacy. time for the mail route on the fade route if you want to get featured hit us up fade route mail at gmail.com or slide in those dms at fade route podcast on ig or drop us a line on our twitter page at fade route dnz All right, boys and girls, we have a full email box for you. And if you want your email to be featured, hit us up at faderoutemail at gmail.com. And if it's good enough, it will make the air. Email number one comes from Rick in Indianapolis. 
the Colts signed Nick Foles to back up Matt Ryan yesterday. Do you see Nick Foles leading the Colts to a Super Bowl if Matty Ice goes down? Absolutely, I do. I think yeah. the Colts. I think the Colts are that good. I'm not sure if Julio has a team yet, but he could surely join the Colts. They get him. I think they're they got a good chance. They just need a quarterback. They need someone's going to deliver the football, not turn the ball over. But man, the Colts are a quarterback away from winning the Super Bowl. And they're still a quarterback away. I don't believe that Matt Ryan is the answer. I don't believe Nick Foles is the answer. We've seen what Nick Foles is in very short bursts. Now, we've also seen what Nick Foles can do in a longer sample size. You know, he's essentially a younger Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, did he get hot and did he carry the Eagles to the Super Bowl? Yes, he did. Did he do it with Frank Reich as his offensive coordinator? Yes, he did. That was the perfect storm of events. Here, I don't believe... I mean, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I've seen enough of Nick Foles and I've seen enough of Matt Ryan to know that the, the Colts just dug a deeper hole than they, they already had from when they traded for Carson Wentz. They are royally fucking this up. And... They need to find their next Andrew Luck. They're still looking for the next Andrew Luck. And what's funny is, right now, with this team, of the four quarterbacks I just mentioned, the the guy that I would trust to win is Andrew Luck. Out of the four of them, I would still rather have, I'd rather have Andrew Luck than any of these other guys. What does that tell you? Quality of players that they brought in. Now you know, Foles is a fine backup. Like Foles is a good mentor, but if he is if if he is in for an extended period this season, the Colts are in for a big trouble. And that means Jonathan Taylor is in for a huge workload. Now, can he handle it? He showed he can handle it, but when you're the focal point of the offense now, where they know they can tee off on you, I don't necessarily think that Jonathan Taylor can survive be guy. I don't think he can survive being Derrick Henry. Only Derrick Henry can survive being Derrick Henry. Email number two from Nicole in Pittsburgh, California. Did you know there was a Pittsburgh, California? I didn't know that. Did not. Yeah. Apparently it's outside of Oakland. Very interesting. I'll be damned. Huh. Hey guys, do you see Andrew Wiggins getting a big payday by another team or do you see him sticking with the Warriors? I mean, if he was smart, he would look at what happened to to James Harden and Kevin Durant and just stay in Golden State. I mean, right? Uh, The only other place he should consider is OKC, and I had mentioned that about Doncic as well. Because with all their draft capital and Sam Presti there, they could... You know they could be on the rise, and they 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 could they could come to fruition pretty quickly. But yeah, I think he should just stay put. I mean, he's he's the small forward that they need. Now, we saw what he was in Minnesota when he needed to be the guy. You know, he needs to be part of an ensemble. Right. Now that is perfect. You know, he's 26. He's going to go into his 27, his age 27 season. Like, you've hit your, you've hit your stride as a player. 
Like you, you fit in well. That sting you feel right now, Andrew, to go test the waters and possibly, you know, take a a big free agent contract from, say, the Sacramento Kings. That's pride fucking with you, to quote Pulp Fiction. That's just pride fucking with you. You have a good thing in Golden State. When Steph and Clay leave, you're still young enough that you can you can keep going with a legacy, right? You could be the Ginobili and Parker to the David Robinson of Steph Curry, right? You can continue on the legacy to where this is one of the dynastic teams in NBA history. And they can just build around you. So take the opportunity, right? Because he is definitely, you know, he's finally living up to that number one bill. But do not, do not, do not, do not let pride get in the way of a good thing that you have going on. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, guys and girls, it is time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. You know how this goes. We have a poll on our Twitter account at FadeRouteDNZ. We post that poll and you vote and you vote and you vote and you vote. The winner of that poll gets the coveted ass trophy and gets announced on this here podcast. Now, D, do you know who won last week? I don't. One Mr. Max Scherzer. Good job. Good job, Max. Great job there. Way to keep our relations up with our, you know, our Asian diplomats. Way to go. Excellent work. But that was last week. This is this week. Who are your nominees for the alleged superstar of the week, D? All right. First up, I've got Josh Donaldson, that guy. Just keep your mouth shut and play baseball. You could have easily avoided suspension by apologizing. Instead, you decided to make up a story where you've joked with Tim Anderson in the back in the past about calling him Jackie. Stop. Just stop. Number two. The Florida Panthers, one of the highest scoring teams in the NHL. You get swept by cross-city rivals, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Come on, Panthers. Number three, Kyler Murray. Leader. Captain. Looking for a new deal, deciding to skip OTAs. Sorry, Kyler, you're not that good. What a message. What kind of message are you sending to your team? Z, what do you got? All three great choices. I'm going to start with the Washington Commanders. You acquired to purchase land in Virginia for a new stadium. Bully for you. Bully. Bully, bully. Bully, bully. Great bully, time. Bully, bully, bully. However, however, you're being investigated for sexual harassment in the workplace and shady ticket sales practices. And this is what you prioritize? <laughs> we got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, we, all right, we're going we're gonna to go from Maryland, Virginia. They'll never find us. They'll never find us in Virginia, even though we're our home office is in Ashburn, Virginia. Here's what we're gonna do. (laughs) They got the center to the right, and the quarterback isn't even there. 
<laughs> Start filing permits in another city. We're moving. <laughs> Washington Commanders, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Brooklyn Nets, for now, not being willing to offer Kyrie Irving an extension <laughs> due to his injury history and unpredictability. Um, you, yeah. knew, you knew this guy when you signed him, right? Like you, you did you you did your due diligence on Kyrie Irving when you brought him in. Really, boys, really. Brooklyn and you Nets, chose you... to sign this man? Correct. <laughs> Correct. All you had to do was call LeBron James. Hey, LeBron, what do you think? Yeah, no, I didn't think so either. And number three for wow. me. Number three is Nick Saban. For throwing Jimbo Fisher under the bus for the name, image, and likeness rights, po- potential name, image, and likeness rights, Issues at Texas A&M where they allegedly bought the entire team and how Alabama did it the right way. Wink, how, wink. How's, how did Alabama do it the right way? By by buying them under the table? Like, how is that, how did that work? Because name, image, and likeness, it's all out in the open. And now you have a, now you have a beef with one of your former ex-coaches and... To be fair, Jimbo is really taking it in stride, and he's been he's been very funny with it. Did, did you know that Nick Saban cheated to beat Jimbo Fisher's son in a game of shoots and ladders? That son of a bitch. But Nick Saban, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Those are our nominees, ladies and gentlemen. Take to Twitter and vote and vote and vote. But for our nominees... Just do better, boys. Just do better. Your favorite podcast has its own merch line now. Go to the Fade Store with DNZ.com today for all your Fade Route merch needs. I'm talking tank tops, t-shirts, sweatshirts, like yoga pants, we got those too. Like some cool accessories, we got those too. And we're not done yet. We have so much more planned for you, but check out what we have today at the Fade Store with DNZ.com. That's the Fade Store with DNZ.com. Order up! All right, boys and girls, it's time for us to order up. Order up, order up. This week, we are doing something a little special, and we are ordering up our favorite NBA jerseys of all time. From 5 to 1, who you got, D? I mean, I've got quite the jersey collection, so I really was enjoying this segment. Um, I Mine are interesting. I don't think we're going to have any matches, but... My number five is the Orlando Magic 1995 blue pinstripe jersey. Oh. Uh, Orlando across the front with the star where the A is supposed to be. And, uh, and it's all in white letters. Black, uh, well, it's in black lettering and white pinstripe. Love it. Number four, the Chicago Bills black 1998 pinstripe jersey. Black, red pinstripes with red lettering. 
MJ, Pippen, Rodman, Kukoc, Harper, you know, all those fun guys. Number three. I actually had this jersey. Phoenix Suns, 1993. Uh, home jersey. Uh, we're talking about Dan Marley, Charles Barkley, KJ, Cedric Sabalos. So it said Suns in purple letters with an orange streak with the basketball looking like a sun. It was clever. Very clever. Classic. Uh, number two, I actually just bought this jersey. Toronto Raptors, 1995 home jersey. Red Raptor dribbling a basketball with a jersey on. Uh, it's the uh, it's all white uh, with gray and purple stripes coming down. We're talking about McGrady, Carter, Stoudemire, Camby, all those fun guys. Love it. And number one, my favorite jersey of all time that I do not have is the Houston Rockets 1998 home jersey. Talking about like Steve Francis, Kim Olajuwon. It's basically a round ball. I think it could be the earth or a basketball. And it has rockets in big letters. And then there's a rocket like coming out. It's a beautiful jersey. And it's got the pinstripes too. I'm big on pinstripes apparently. Apparently, which is ironic. <laughs> it's <Well>, very. <laughs> fuck those guys. You <laughs> oh, do have a birthday coming. I'm just saying, folks. I'm just saying. Hit us up. Give a get. Send us some birthday merch. But for uh, for me, number five, I I'm partial to the Utah Jazz, 1996 to 2004. Oh, nice jersey with the mountain. Yeah, the with the mountain in the back, the purple yeah. and the blue, like that. I mean, Carmel. Did you like the home jersey or the away jersey? I like the road jersey. The purple I, one. Yeah. yeah, I like the purple one. It's a nice jersey. It's a good one. It definitely is. It's different. You know, it doesn't really scream jazz, but neither does Utah. So, <laughs> number four, I'm with you. The Raptors, 1995 yeah. 98. But I'm going road purple. Like, That's nice. I, yeah. it's, it's classic, you know? And Love it definitely, it. like, it definitely set. The Raptors apart from how every good was other that team? team, by the way. I mean, they had Stoudemire, and I'm talking about Damon Stoudemire. They had Tracy McGrady and Vince Carter mm-hmm. and Marcus Camby, and they couldn't win any games. Yeah, Jeez. that's that's surprising because that was a damn good team. But you know what? They underachieved, but they underachieved in style. We're <laughs> gonna go with that. Number three. Now this one's a little underrated. This might be polarizing. The Detroit Pistons, 1996 to 2001, with the teal, and then you had like the, the horse. Uh huh. Yeah. The okay. Horse. Yeah. I had that jersey. I had the the Grand Hill. Yeah. I had the Grand Hill. And apparently, I have the affinity for the road. Apparent because I I really like the road green, and then okay. you had yeah. So the like it's I, nice jersey. It's, nice it is. Jersey. It's different. It's just real. It's a very cool jersey. I, so, I sold that for big money too. There it is. That's all you need to know, folks. They're worth, a, they're worth a pretty penny. Number two, it's classic for a reason. The Charlotte Hornets, ni- oh, 1988 yes. to 2001. Like that pinstripe. Yes, the white with the hornet on it playing dribbling the ball, right? Yep. Like you could go either way. You know, you have the Charlotte pinstripe on the on the, the home, or you can do the dark, the teal green. That's beautiful. Either way, yes, that's it's nice. just classic and clean and just a nice way to go and for me number one the sixers 97 to 2009 the particularly the black jersey the black jersey 
was slick. I, oh, I, it just says Sixers, right? Uh-huh. With the star over the eye and then the basketball like made almost looking like a comet. Like that was you know, that was a really slick jersey. Yes. And you know yes. Allen Iverson wore the shit out of that. Yes. And yes. you can't beat it. You just can't beat it. This has been the Fade Route with D and Z. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go route, but we'll talk to you next week. If you want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs on IG at faderoutepodcast. Drop us a DM on Twitter at FadeRouteDNZ. Comment on our YouTube channel, The Fade Route with DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it, we want to hear from you. Get at us, in crowd. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.